Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I am your host, Ryan Rogers, and I am here with Evan Etheridge on a Tuesday night to talk some ball. Evan, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. We almost forgot to record because uh, just to the back. Actually, we actually did forget. (laughs) Yeah. So I heard do this on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we, we, we just had a, you know, like a super forgetful week of sports in Atlanta Braves losing Falcons losing we'll, we'll cover the Falcons but man what a, what a dreadful week yeah probably the most dreadful week in uh, a while for um for Atlanta sports I mean I was gonna say there probably was one with all the times the Braves have lost in the playoffs the past few years but those weeks the Falcons didn't really have expectations so you know no one really cared that the Falcons lost so it made it not as bad now the Falcons you know, there's like more of an interest. They're actually, uh, I guess, competitive, at least competitive within their division. So, um, yeah, probably uh, one of the tougher weeks you can have as a sports fan. We did the whole Braves uh, funeral spiel on uh, Friday. So this one will be focused on the Falcons as they lose at home for the first time this season. First time in Desmond Ritter's adult life that he's lost at home. First time since high school. Uh, 24 to 16 to the Washington Commanders in incredibly frustrating and agonizing fashion. So, well, what are your overall takeaways from this? Because um, it was just a, you know, a winnable game, definitely. And, um, you know, they just uh, they couldn't make it happen. And it was very frustrating to watch. Yeah, frustrating is the correct word here. Um, had some miscues. Um Flags, uh, pre-snap, delay of games, uh, red zone trips that just, you know, turned out to zero points, uh, turnovers, you name it, it, it went wrong for the Falcons offensively. Um, defensively, I thought uh, I thought we really stuck, stuck, uh, you know, really, really kept the offense in the game, at least, um, especially in the second half. Defense only gave up seven points, um, and, and, and this was a very winnable game. It just... It, it really sucks to lose this game um, because the commanders had come in here uh, really struggling. Um, I know they lost, you know, pretty badly to the, to the bears the week before. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the details, but um, yeah, just a super winnable, frustrating game for the Falcons. I mean, that's, that sums it up pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they just uh they could not make the plays they needed to at the times they needed to offensively. Defense, they did. They, like you said, kept them alive late in this game when teams were looking bleak. I mean, you know, the first drive of this game, we can get into it now. Uh offense looked pretty good. Eleven plays, 75 yards, capped off by Kyle Pitts touchdown, which uh those have become very rare in his career, which is not the best, but it was good to see that and you know, after the opening drive field goal for the Commanders, they were up seven to three, and you know it looked like Ritter was uh, building off of his good week last week against Houston, and uh, kind of carrying it over to this game. But you know, outside of that, they did score one more time, um, a touchdown at least later on. But um, yeah, it just uh, it, it was just not working. I mean, the the fourth quarter, the offense was just 
kind of unbelievably bad all around, all facets. I mean, we had some good wide receiver play, but Ritter was bad. We couldn't run the ball. Arthur Smith was bad. And, you know, they got that uh, touchdown um, late in the uh, third quarter, or early in the fourth, rather. Um, Johnny Smith uh, scored, and, you know, that was all she wrote after they missed two-point conversion. I mean, they had their chances, man. You know, Ritter threw some terrible picks in this game, two of them in the fourth quarter. One of them was on after an 11-play drive where they had the ball down at the Washington two-yard line, and he uh, threw one of the worst picks I've probably ever seen <laughs> trying to hit the ball to Drake London. And then uh, he capped it off with um, another pick, uh, trying to throw a slant route in the middle of the field to Bijan Robinson with 31 seconds left and no timeouts. So, yeah, yeah and I... not to mention the Arthur Smith – burned our last time out after the clock was stopped because we got out of bounds. So it is just uh, um, the fourth quarter of this game when we were going nuts and in, in, in a bad way. But you know, that's not to mention in between the two picks, they went uh, four and out and got two yards. <laughs> like the fourth quarter was just absolutely abysmal. And, you know, that's just what I keep thinking about my takeaways from this game. It's, you know, I, I like to give the defense credit because uh, they did uh, keep them in this game, but it's, uh, it's hard to think about the positives when you go out like this. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you if you strictly look at the box score, um, the Falcons outgained the Manders 402 yards to 193. I mean, um, this defense was locked in. They They averaged, you know, three yards a carry just like we did. Like the run game for either team wasn't working, um, and and you know that all comes down to um, you know your offense trying to help your defense out, and and they weren't at all. So um, you know special teams play in the in the first quarter um, set up a touchdown. Uh, no, I'm sorry, early in the second quarter it was right after uh, you know we punted. Um, you know second quarter Jameson Crowder takes it almost to the house that sets up a uh, 11 yard score for the Manders. Um, and, and then you go down a little bit later, um, the interception to start the uh, third quarter, start the second half, um, puts puts the Manders on the 27-yard line. They go down the field, score a touchdown. Um, you know, it, it, it was just the, the offense was not helping the defense at all. So, I mean, you look at 24 points and you're like, man, we didn't play too well defensively. Yes, we did. We gave up 193 yards. It was just the offense couldn't convert. When they got to the red zone, <clears throat> that one drive, they're on the two-yard line. And the sequence goes um, – let's see, what did it go? It goes uh, – yeah, second and two in the on the two-yard line. Ritter throws an incomplete pass when we have Bijan Robinson in the backfield. We get a delay a game, back up five yards, and then Ritter throws the worst pick right before halftime. It was atrocious. And at that yeah. point, you're thinking, okay, at least we'll get the ball back in the second half. Oh, what do we do? First drive, throws a pick, Manders score. It was just um, the play calling was atrocious. Uh, like that was the second delay of game penalty we had that really hurt us. Um, two trips to the red zone, no points. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was a Desmond Ritter masterclass. Yeah, and, you know, the special teams, uh, the punt, 61-yard return to set up uh, – Washington's 
first touchdown drive and then the Ritter pick, which put them at the Atlanta 27, you know. It's hard to hold those against the defense. You're setting up the commanders with awesome field position, and it's tough to stop that. You know, the 27-yard line and the 11-yard line, it's, you know, they're probably going to score more times than not. And, um, yeah, if you just look at the raw numbers, I mean, they they held them in check. You know, that's kind of – they kinda, I won't say they gifted them 14 points. They still had to score, but they put them in a fantastic position to succeed and just put more pressure on the defense. I mean, the defense was good, like – we uh, we keep saying it, but they really were. They had a uh, they had four sacks this game, which I believe is a season high. They had five sacks actually. Um, Arnold Ebiketti had a sack and a half. Bud Dupree had a sack and a half. Like they were getting pressure, they were clogging up the run game, and um, yeah, I mean you kind of hand hand wrapped them fourteen points, and you know that's just more uh, scrutiny for the offense than um, you know the special teams. It's whatever that stuff's gonna happen. Sometimes they're gonna break off a big return. You know, it's not great. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know where the Falcons are ranked with their special teams. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some stats to back it up. I don't. I don't know what they are. So I don't know. And um, yeah, it's just uh, so frustrating. And then with it, like it, the the second chances they got late in this game, for them to just not only not take advantage of them, but it's like just seemingly going out of their way to make things as bad as possible. <laughs> I mean, the pick, the timeout, the, you know, just the play calling Ritter. I mean, you know, we haven't talked about much about the run game, but you know, Bijan and Algier did not have it going in this one. Um, you know, Bijan averaged less than three yards per carry. His longest carry was nine yards. I mean, the longest rush of the day was a 13 yard Desmond Ritter scramble. And uh, this is really not this team's identity. I mean, you know, they had some good uh, receiving performance. Drake London was great in this game. Nine catches, 125 yards. But, you know, just uh, it's really disappointing. Well, like Ritter might have a chance to build off the success he had last week. And he just took a huge step back, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I, You know, I, I'm getting here. I'm starting to question who's on the hot seat. Is it who, or who can we blame for this? Arthur Smith, Desmond Ritter, mix of both. I mean, like who who's taking the blame here for the for the most part? Who do you think? I would say it's a mix of both. I mean, it, it's just because they both had their good moments this year, but they've also both had their terrible moments. They're kind of like the same, you know. They're having a they're having similar seasons. Um, so I would say it's a mix of both. I don't know. Like I would be pretty. Things would really have to uh, go awry this year for Arthur Smith to be removed during the season you know they'd have to break off like an l5 or something and even then you know it's not a guarantee and then as far as ritter goes if they're going to bring in heineke that just seems like a move that you can't go back on you know if you go with heineke like it's got to be heineke i feel like for us the season you know if you bench ritter and try to bring him back in like you it already seems like his confidence is dwindling and doing that i feel like would just bottom out his confidence so it's tough. It's tough. And um, yeah, I would say it's a pretty, pretty half split of the blame for them. It's just, you know, Arthur Smith's supposed to be this offensive mastermind. And it's just been uh, so stale at times. And so just head scratching. He's had his creative moments. They had a, they had a couple of, they've had a couple of trick plays this year that are pretty creative and just creative looks, but it's just not what we were expecting at all. You know, no. we really thought this year, it seemed like they they finally got their full stable of weapons by drafting Bijan, 
you know, another year under Pitts and London's belt, adding some guys like Matt Collins. And uh, we haven't even talked about this yet, but we the Falcons traded for Van Jefferson this week, who he had a he had a almost a huge play um, early in this game on a Desmeter deep ball that he overthrew him by a little bit. But you know, it kind of seems like this was the year where things were really clicking and. I don't know, maybe some of it is on Ritter with the play calling of just not having that trust there as Ritter you know, really hasn't proved that he is worthy of it with some of the decisions he's made. Um, so I don't know, man. It's uh, it's tough, tough loss. But uh, I guess the one positive spin on this, which also could be seen as a negative spin, is that the Saints and Bucks lost. So on one hand, you don't lose any ground. But on the other hand, if you would have won – your first place. <laughs> so uh, that, that kind of sucks, but it also, you know, nothing really happened in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, I guess that's the one positive spin zone from this game and the defense, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to look at it. I mean, we have, we have the bucks next week, Titans and then Vikings. So, you know, first, first division <clears throat> or uh, second divisional game of the year. I know uh, first yeah, real one. Yeah. Panthers are just, <laughs> Yeah, they don't, we, they don't, we don't have to. We don't really have to scoreboard watch for them too much anymore. Not at all. Uh, get, get, win a couple Panthers. Come on now. Oh and six. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm really only paying attention to them when they're playing the Saints or the. Uh, yeah, the Bucks that's what they need to beat. Yeah, those are your yeah. wins right there. Yeah. So, um, you know the Bucks. The Bucks looked really bad this week. So, um, yeah. Looking looking forward to this matchup. I think we're better than the Bucks. Um, I, I do. I just. I just. I'm really worried about this offense right now. Um, you know, we know it's the first year of Ritter. We know it's it's kind of uh, the first year for Smith really, you know, having his weapons and his full arsenal. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know how many more of these games like this I have in me um, because it seems like every week they're just the same. They're just the same games. So They're losing bad. <laughs> they're yeah, losing yeah. miserably. It's, it's close games that, that – you know, one side of the ball is, is keeping you in it. The other is working against you. So it's just mega frustrating. Um, I, I really hope Arthur Smith can work out these kinks because I'm, I'm, I'm already calling for his firing. I think he's horrible. I think he's really, really bad at calling plays. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they move Ryan Nielsen up to head coach and, and try to find somebody else from the Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan branch of coaches because I don't know, man. Because I think Arthur Smith wasn't he with? Uh, isn't he from the Kyle Shanahan branch? He because, might. Be. Uh, I know there's so many guys from it; it's hard to even keep up with. Um, he might be. I mean, uh, I know Lafleur was at Tennessee for a little bit, so I'm not sure if those Lafleur is Lafleur is from it. It's Lafleur Shanahan, of course, McDaniel, um, McVay, the other one, McVay. Yeah, McVay is the other one. Um. He might be. I can I can try to pull it up real quick. His uh, history, but yeah, I I would be pretty surprised if they fired him during the season. You know, I I think if they're completely out of it, they could. But it seems like they're not going to be out of it for a long time with the way this division is. I just I just feel like that'd be such a drastic change in a team that's making a playoff push. But we'll see. I mean, it would just it's kind of hard to find a new offensive play card in the middle of the season. That's it's kind of tough. But Ryan Nielsen though, shout out to him. He uh. He's got the defense looking good. He's got a better stash at Arthur Smith also. So he's got that going for him. Um, pulling up, yeah. Yeah, it looks like uh, eh, 
he was with Washington in 2007-2008 as a defensive quality control coach. So, I guess, kind of. But he was with the Titans for a long time. He was with the Titans from 2011 to 2020. So, yeah, he used to be a defensive guy, and then he went to offensive quality control, offensive line and tight ends assistant. <laughs> There's so many just random coaching titles. It's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, he might be. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Pretty good big game next week, though. Buccaneers on the road. Bucks are opening up as two and a half point favorites. Uh, they they look pretty bad against the Lions, so we will see. That's uh that's an encouraging sign, and I guess them only scoring six points. Um, Baker kind of came back down to earth a little bit, but yeah, biggest game of the year up to this point because they are in first place right now, only by virtue of them already having a bye, so they're three and two while the Falcons are three and three, but uh. Yeah, it should be interesting, and we will see because, you know, they've lost three of their last four now, and three of them have been very bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> I guess the, I guess the, I guess the Commanders game was slightly better than the Jags and Lions game. I mean, not as fresh frustration-wise, no, but as far as just, I guess they were, they looked a little bit better in the first half, but... An L is an L at the end of the day. So yeah. I think uh I think that's it for the Falcons. Uh if you got any more thoughts before we go into the awards segment where we might be talking more Falcons. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. Um I just I just I don't know. I mean you, you we talked about this the other day, but you just go back and look at the schedule and, and you're like, I can't believe this is a real schedule. I mean, like I, I don't know. I said uh, I think I said it two weeks ago. The next five games, if if we're not above five hundred, then then we're probably fake and and not a legit competitive team. Um, so right now we're one and one. Um, Bucks, Titans, Vikings. Let's see. We'll see. I I don't know, man. I'm. I don't know. Then I, I, then, then the Cardinals. That's up yeah. until the bye. So we got four, five left. Four left until the bye. Need yeah, to go this three is, and one. This is make or break time right now for the Falcons. Um, they they need to figure it out offensively. Yeah, they do for sure. And um, well, we will see. I mean, the they've had some success, I guess, recently against Tampa Bay, but I don't even know what to think. I'm not even gonna pretend that anything in the past matters with them right now because they're just they're just kind of a weird team, the Buccaneers. So we will see. Um. Yeah, we will uh, transition now into the award segment of the episode. I believe you have first dibs this week on your jock and Vic. So uh, you can pick the order, whichever one you want to go with first. The floor is yours. Yeah, I guess I'll start with our jock Peterson um, of the week. Um, newsflash, it's no one from the Braves. Um, I'm actually <laughs> going to take uh, – I'm going to take the, the Falcons defense. Um Yeah. Once again, you know, they were just – they were stellar. You know, they don't really turn the ball over, um, but but they are phenomenal on third down. They have a 31.1% third down conversion rate, second best in the league, and a 43.8 red zone touchdown percentage, which is sixth in the league. So they're not turning the ball over. Um, you know, they got to the quarterback a little bit better this past week with five sacks, but we haven't really seen that too much. So yeah, they're not getting – they're not getting to the quarterback. They're not turning the ball over, but they're stopping you in the red zone and and – you know, you're most likely walking away with field goals. So um, I'll take that all day. I thought they played really well against the commanders, um, really shut the run game down, 
Hell, even Sam Howell didn't even break 200 yards. So uh, Falcons defense, Jock Peterson of the week. Yep, good pick. They they played very well. The end of the game, I mean, we were saying a couple times it's over. Probably after the first two drives to the game, we're like, oh, it's over. And they would just three and out like it was clockwork. Uh, so they they deserve credit. And if the Falcons would have found a way to pull that went out of the fire, the defense, it would have been a heroic performance from them. So uh kind of sucks we wasted that, but still it is encouraging that they look so good. So yeah, good pick. The Falcons D. All right, my Jock Peterson of the week is so this bit out of left field here. But I'm gonna go with the amount of three pointers the Hawks are taking in the preseason. <laughs> They're taking a lot of them. And uh, that was a huge sticking point last year. We must have discussed that a thousand times under the what? What should we even call Nate McMillan's era as a Hawks coach? I can't. I don't even know if it's good or bad. I guess it was really good at first and really bad at the end. His regime. Um, but I know the Falcons are three and one, or not the Falcons. The Hawks are three and one in the preseason. Um, and they're they're slinging it. They're putting up shots. I'm trying to pull up their stats right now. But you know, in the first game against uh, the Cavaliers. They took 41 threes. They only made 12 of them, which is not great, but they took 41. Um, and that's really what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, there's been some highlight plays. Trey's looked good. DeJounte's looked good. Kagwu has looked really good. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out. Then we have to talk about the Hawks and Wild. It's really starting to heat up in the NBA. So I wanted to, uh, you know, give them a quick shout out because uh, encouraging signs in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. I'm and uh, and. And also because nothing else really great happened this week. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty slim pickings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Hawks start next Wednesday. So um, yeah. opening night against Charlotte, it's going to be huge. I'm I'm ready. This is this is Trey's MVP season. He's he's taking that next step. Um, I think you know re-signing Dejounte. I think we're going to be legit. But yeah, the three pointer. Um, that's really good to see. Um, you know, I think with a full off season with Quinn Snyder, um, we're going to see some new looks. Um, but yeah, they started off three and zero. They just lost their last one to the Pacers. But uh, I got to point out, it was DeAndre Hunter's first game, and they lost. Uh yeah, I did. I, I didn't watch this game, but I do uh, follow some Hawks people on Twitter that were watching it. And they did say he looked like good. Well, he good. looked healthy. So, and yeah, the final like I, I got all their uh, three point attempts pulled up now. They went uh, 41, 42, 42, 26. So pretty yeah. good. And uh, that game against the Grizzlies, I mean, and uh, the game against the Pacers, too, is 46% from three. That's great. It is a preseason, so can't take too much away from it. But the attempts do matter. I don't really care if they're making them right now. Uh, I, won't, I won't care until next Wednesday if they're making them or not. And uh, they, get to play, they get to play the Hornets to start off, which is good because they are just a disaster. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I don't even know. Like, Miles Bridges is still on their team somehow, and he's got to, like, arrest it again, and they just cut Kai Jones for – just being weird on social media they're they're a crazy team you know they got brandon miller coming in we'll see how that goes but yeah i'm looking at the schedule now charlotte and you got new york which that'll always be uh you know always be fun it's at home though and then uh third game of the season at milwaukee we'll see dame and Giannis. that'll be a that'll be an interesting game so yeah hawks very very close and um i guess next episode we'll do the hawks preview so yeah kind of kind of snuck up on us all right all right, time for uh, the Vic Beasleys, and this is where we have a plethora of options. Uh, you uh, you are first, so go ahead with your Vic Beasley of the week. 
Yeah, my big Beasley of the week is I'm going to stay in football. It's going to be Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've kind of hit every single stone already, um, but his play calling was horrible. Um, his play calling is bad in the red zone, um, and, and, and the communication with the quarterback seems to be an issue. Um, we had two very timely uh, delay game penalties, um, you know, not getting the play in in time or or Ritter not being able to process. I don't know what's going on, um, but they need to get that cleaned up, especially right after you call a timeout, um, you know, having have, – I'm sorry, right after um, spiking the ball to stop the clock, having to call a timeout. And then, you know, obviously we saw how that unfolded at the end. But, um, you know, one play I really kind of skimmed over um, takes place in the fourth quarter after a 12 plot after a 12 play 81 yard drive that results in touchdown for the Falcons. They decide to go for two with over 12 minutes left, trying to make it a six point game. Um, I don't know what they're doing there. I know. Um, maybe if there's five minutes left in the game, you go for two and you play the percentages, but seems like there was plenty of time. Your defense was playing good. Um, I don't understand going for two there. You, you, you can't win the game there. Um, I, I, I just don't get it. So, um, yeah, if you want to share your thoughts on that. Yeah, I know um, we even talked about Matt Ryan being in the booth for this game, which was kind of cool, uh, pit stains and all. But uh, he did not he did not appreciate that one. He did not uh, like the play call, which is uh, cool to see him, you know, playing it up the middle which uh probably tough for him. I think that was one of his first games ever uh calling and he's doing the Falcons in Atlanta. But he yeah, he did not he did not like Arthur Smith's play call there and uh you know the analytics probably say that might be the correct move, but yeah, I kind of I'm with you. Later in the game, yeah, you can get it down to two field goals. But um you know if they get it it's fine, but when you don't get it it's like a tough look. So um yeah, I don't uh I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. It didn't really end up mattering because they didn't score again. <laughs> but yeah, in the moment though, it was it was one of those um, you know, old old men were yelling at clouds about that one for sure. But uh, the analytics nerds were probably freaking out about it. I'm I, I'm neither. I'm in the middle of that, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, just get two next time. But I forgot who we were dealing with with this Falcons offense. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's a it's a. It's a good pick. He had a rough game. I mean, the first of all, taking those delay of games, um, or or not or whatever, not taking the delay of game on the uh after the spike, which is so bad. Just save the timeout. The, the timeout is more important than losing five yards. And then um, yeah, the ones at the goal line too were terrible. Like he he had a rough uh clock management game too on top of the play calling. So, yeah, it's 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 like you have you have, you still have you still have to go down the field fifty yards. What is five yeah. yards going to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that was, and then the very next play, it being the pick with, we have no timeouts, and you're throwing the ball in the middle of the field with thirty seconds left. It's just like, oh god, unbelievable. And then and then the pick. I mean, it was just uh, a comedy of errors. Um, so uh, yeah, good pick. He I had a feeling when you said it wasn't baseball, it were, or if said it was football, uh, it was going to be Ritter. Probably winning his fourth of the year or something like that, or Arthur Smith. And, you know, either one would have uh, been a correct answer. So, yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Um, I will not pick Ritter, though, because we've already hashed that. He could, he, he's very capable of winning this, but I'm not going to pick him. We're going to 
we're going to throw one last haymaker at the dead horse here. I'm going with the Braves. <laughs> I guess just the offense, actually. Braves offense. I, I just can't believe they did this. It's it's so bad. Eight runs in four games. Like, I, like the more I've had to sit with it, the more just perplexing it is. I thought about the other day. Um, my mom's getting married on Sunday, and when I found out that it was in October, I was like, okay, I got to. I was like, oh god, I hope the Braves don't play on this day because I just assumed the Braves were going to be in the NLCS or the World Series or whatever that day is going to be. And I found out that it was just the AL playing the LCS. I was like, oh, thank God, because like the Braves are for sure going to be in the NLCS, right? And I've just been thinking about the entire summer of me planning out this October around the Braves just for them to be bounced out in less than a week. It's just, it's so terrible. And yeah, the eight runs in four games is awful. I keep going, I keep like reenacting the Ron Acuna bat in my head with the bases loaded. Things could have been different. I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, it's terrible. It's truly a shameful yeah. performance. Yeah, terrible. As, as a team, here are their stats. Uh, they batted 186, 255 on base percentage. They slugged 264 in an OPS of 519. Yeah. That is horrible. That's like a pitcher going up to plate every yeah. single time. Yeah. They they slugged 501 in the regular season. They almost outslugged their OPS in the regular season. Like it is just I know it's only four games, but like I it is just was so unexpected them to do this after having maybe the greatest offense of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Shout, will, shout out to Austin Riley, man. He does deserve some love. He was good. <laughs> he was quite good. Um, but I mean that's really it though. Like I guess Darno. He had the one hit. I mean, he only played in uh, two games, really. He had seven at-bats, and he went one for seven with a homer. So that kind of juices his numbers a bit. But, I mean, that was a big home run. But, yeah. Um, you know, last night, uh, I wasn't watching the Phillies last night, but I was on Twitter, and I saw the notifications from the home run tracker of Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper within, like, a three-minute span. I was like, oh, yeah, checks out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, knew, I knew that place was just rocking. I wasn't watching it, but – yeah, I saw yeah. the replay and it was they were freaking out and you know they're 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 playing right now I think, um and they're probably going to win the World Series I think the Rangers are up two zero on the Astros, and it looks like the Rangers are going to beat the Astros I, I'm still not counting the Astros out yet because they are the Astros but it's not looking good for them but yeah the Phillies are already winning one to nothing tonight by the way and um <laughs> but yeah I just think the Phillies are going to win it I thought they were going to win it last year but now I really think they're going to win it because they just seem better than everybody else. Which sucks, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. I guess. I'm trying to see <laughs> how, trying to see how they scored. That's what it's all about. It's about it's about getting hot at the right time, and and that's been them the past two years. They just, you know, they, they they're they're not going to win the division. They know that going in, and and they still they're just, I don't know. They're playing little brother until they got to be big brother in the playoffs. I guess. Yeah, and the the sick thing is, I thought about the other day too. Like, what's going to be so disgusting is that it like I, it's hard to predict a whole season of baseball. But would you just be stunned at all if the Braves were the number one seed again and the Phillies were the first wild card and we'd have to do this in all over again in a year? Because I would not be surprised at all if it was Braves Phillies for the third year in a row. It just seems like it's going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I I wouldn't be surprised at all. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> if that's if that's the answer you're looking for. I mean, yeah, like we're we're regular season warriors. I mean, you know, five out of the last six years were NLDS first round exits. I mean, it's it's yeah. um, yeah, it's pretty bleak, man. It it sucks after winning the division at Philly. You know, rubbing in their face a little bit, you feel good. Then a week off, and nobody they pick the bats back up, and it's like they've never touched them in their life. So, yeah, they just played so bad, and, and it's it's crazy. It really is just so disheartening. And uh, yeah, the Phillies up one nothing. Trey Turner hit a homer in the first inning. So, yeah, just like clockwork for them. They're probably I, I kind of fear for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> it might be a might be a quick series. But I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully they make something up. It's only game two during the second inning, but it just feels bad. So, yep, had to had to say one more last thing about the Braves. They have been weighing on my mind, and it is just, uh, you know, what like would you say like were you do you think you're more disappointed about this one, or it, like is this the most disappointing exit so far since they've been good again? You think is it yes. more disappointing than the ten runs in the first inning? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, that was one inning. That was like poof. That was gone. This yeah. was a gradual four games of just pain. Like, yeah, in game I, four I they really struck. They really strung it out in game four to to the very end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they just slowly inserted the, the 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 knife in your heart. It was just like so painful. I mean, like, you know, we said this, but this was the best. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you can agree. This was the best Braves team I have ever watched in my life. 162 games, we saw it, and, you know, Morton goes down, you know, Freed goes down, Wright goes down, it, it you know, right in September, it was just, I mean, I, I felt like it was going to happen again, you know, um, just just badly timing um, the, the whole recipe. Things went horrible, like horrible, and, and yeah, this was 100% the worst, the worst one. I mean, I'm just – I'm just trying to put it behind me at this point. Looking forward to the Hawks next week. But, you know, we got to sit here and watch Desmond Ritter just stink it up in the Falcons. Like, it's not getting better, man. This was the worst week in a while. This was the worst week. <laughs> yeah, I think after we're done with this, I'm going to go back and see if there's been a worse week. But I just don't think there is because, like, I'm trying to think. The last time the Falcons were good, it was before the Braves were good. So it doesn't. Like, it doesn't line up enough because, you know, when the Braves were getting eliminated in years past, the Falcons sucked, and you didn't really care that much. So, yeah, it might be – there might be, like, a probably a good combo when I was a kid of them both being good and them both losing. But, yeah, it's – it's this week has sucked, man. <laughs> it's yeah. trash. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're getting excited about the Hawks, but they have a tendency to – not be fun either at times it could i mean we might just bottom out here the hawks come out slow it could just be like what What are we even doing anymore <laughs> but yeah had to get that off my chest the last uh last piece of braves probably talk about until after the world series because after the world series i'll have to decide um on the team options and stuff so we'll see who they pick up and then we can kind of preview the offseason i think anthopolis of a he had a quote saying that he learned like a lot from this uh, this postseason that's going to really dictate moves in the offseason. So could be a could be a very busy offseason for the Braves. We'll see. 
So, yep, that is my uh, my Vic Beasley of the week. I had to put the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. So, yeah, great pick, great pick. Yeah, you got any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up this yet another painful episode? We're like a three in a row now. I do not. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get better, people. And they kind of have uh, to. It's only up from here. Yeah, yeah. If they get is, somehow worse. Part. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Which they could. They could have a. The Falcons could have a terrible game against the Bucks next week, and it could get worse. No, it's not going to happen. Speaking uh, into fruition. No. I hope not. I hope. I really hope not. So, yeah. Let's let's get out of here. Let's get out of here because we're probably sort of rambling about something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, made this for our listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one.